Hello, friends, and welcome to the most glorious of events, the Movie Mavericks Podcast. This outstanding program is hosted by two fine gentlemen, Jason and Trevor. Now make it so. MovieMavericks.com Hey now, everybody. Welcome to episode 369 of the Movie Mavericks podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson. Send you over to Jason Rugard. He's got a rundown for us. On tonight's episode, we will be talking about the big-time Christmas release, Wonder Woman 84. It's been a while. It's been out for a while now. Um, by the time you hear this, it will be yanked off HBO Max. I'm sure there's been a lot of yanking off revolving the Wonder Woman film and people being able to watch it at home. But, um... Did, I don't know. Did you did you yank off by watching this film, or or what did you? Uh... What did you... <laughs> Wait, what? What's going on here? Who uh, who specifically uh, got you going there? I just uh, I mean the whole the whole movie was one big wank off. But we'll talk about that along with One Night in Bangkok, Midnight Sky, which is George Clooney's latest, Ava, which is the latest Netflix film starring Jessica Chastain and Colin Farrell, as well as Like a Boss and uh, a whole bunch of things like Recipe for Seduction, which is. A uh, lifetime film starring Mario Lopez as Colonel Sanders, yes, the Kentucky Fried Chicken Man in a love's murder mystery. Trevor will tell us all about that one. Got a lot going on tonight, but first we're going to start uh, not by yanking off oh. to Wonder Woman, but by doing trivia. Yes, yes, yes. All right, let's. Uh, this is that trivia should've... book that Trevor has there that he pulls from should've... to try to stump me every week. I know, they're pretty hard, aren't they? I told you. They are difficult, yeah. So we might have to do three tonight. i got to get at least two out of three. 8.38. I should already look this up, damn it. It's all right. What do we, uh, what do we got here? 8.38. We got it here. Uh, oh, this is going to be interesting. This is an Academy Awards thing mm. here. Okay. Oh, interesting. One of these films won Best Picture but was not nominated for Best Director. Which one? So A, we have Dances with Wolves, B, we have Driving Miss Daisy, C, we have uh, what, Cimarron, and D, we have The Broadway Melody. Ugh. What, what do you have for C? I'm sorry. A Cimarron? That C-I-M-A-R-R-O-N movie? That I never saw. You know, I'm going to go... Where am I pronouncing it even correctly? I, I, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm gonna go with Driving Miss Daisy. I don't think you know, Bruce I, Bressford was direct was up for nomination. I know that movie won right? 89, but I don't think he was nominated for some reason. I mean, I kind of feel the same way. I know he didn't win because the director of My Left Foot won that year. So are we gonna lock that in then? Yeah, B? I'm gonna go with B. All right, I'm gonna go with you on that one. We that's correct. All right, good. See, we're not bad there. All right, we're on a hot roll here. I got a hot hand in the dice game. You don't stop. All right, all right. So there's one. It's polite manners. One down. I mean, that's that was pretty impressive. First of all, I didn't even know that Cinemaron. You want to space these out? You want to space them out, right? We'll, we'll do the next one in a yeah, little bit. Yeah, we'll do the next one in the, in the next break. But I didn't, I didn't even know uh, what the other two films was, so that was a complete you know, shot I, in the dark. I, uh, I've heard of the Cimarron one. I almost want to look it up just to see if I... Is that the Spirit Horse? the one I'm talking about. Is that... Right? <laughs> The Disney film? Yeah, 1960. Right, I mean, it's a Western is what I remember. Okay. The Oklahoma land run of April 1889 sets the stage for an epic saga of a frontier adventurer, his wife, and family, and their friends, and their horses, and their cattle, and their... I mean, shit. So that's why I never saw it. it. Sounds terrible. It's two and a half hours long. If it didn't star Charles Bronson... 1960. I'm not fucking with no. it. 1960. It's got uh, Glenn Ford. Oh, it should have had Burt Reynolds. I mean, this is too old. This is too much for me. I couldn't. I don't. What think the hell I could. is Broadway Melodies? I was thinking of Bullets of a Broadway, the Woody Allen. I don't film. know what that one is either. But I figured. Um, I figured that had to be. I know. That sounds like something that they would also nominate people for. Well, this is old. 1929. Is it a talkie? Uh huh. It's the first sound film to win an Academy Award. There you go. I thought that was Wings. I thought that Wings had uh, that distinction. No? no? I always thought Wings um, was the first, like, modern era, uh, you know, I in don't the talkie era. That's true. Oh, that could have been 29. Hmm. No, Wings would have been older than that, right? 
21. Was... Yeah, maybe Wings is older than that. Um, Wings is 27. Okay, I thought that was the first best picture. So maybe that... Right, so, okay, ever. So, is ever, think, got right? you. So Broadway Melody is the first best picture in the, the non-silent era. That makes sense. Which would have been well, two years like later. Two years later. Yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't say here, but I'm pretty sure that this was the... Well, actually, 27 is the first Academy Awards thing. Years for that, right? So Yeah, first ceremony. And then I know that Costner mm-hmm. won the Oscar for Best what Director, it? so that took that out. So that, that was the my whole series of deductions to get to that answer here. So what do we got for the... the oh, we're going to move on. Well, I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm on a hot roll, though. Well, yeah, okay. Let's we'll get hold another on yourself one. There. I, I don't, Papa said... You want to do another one Papa right said, now? never leave the table with a hot hand in a dice game. We can't... Oh, God, well, I'm t- I don't know about that. I don't know what Papa's been doing. <laughs> Papa got shot in a dice 1648. game. 1648. Let's go here. 1648. I mean, this is the... So now you're going you're gonna to hurt us. And we're not going to be on a hot streak no more. This is what gambling's all about. This is uh, the characters. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. 1648. Which of these is not the name of one of the innocent men wrongly lynched in the Oxbow incident? Thank you. What the fuck is the Oxbow incident? What what, what year is this book published? 1912? <laughs> Did you get the fucking never-ending story over there? <laughs> Donald Martin... Juan Martinez, Halva Harvey, or Art Croft? <laughs> what do you want to go with? I'm going with the first one. Not the name of one of the innocent men. You think Donald Martin? I think it's Art Croft. He sounds like a piece of crap. I think he's a piece of shit, but I think his boy is in on it. <laughs> you think it's Donald Martin? I think Donnie's Don- I think Donnie did it. Donald Martin. All right. Well, you're the hot streak guy, so. Nope. Mm. Oh. Happened to be Art Croft. <laughs> The oxbow incident. Well, that's what you get for trying to... You see, you double-dipped there. Let me tell you something. Papa that's once told me this, too. You never trust a man named Art. Let me, uh... <laughs> especially Art Croft. Oh, shit. Never trust a man with three letters in his first name. Is that Laura's brother? Yeah. Fuck, fuck. Like, they involved in the ox fucking burrow incident. Is it Oxford uh, incident? Ox... Ox... Oxbow incident? I'm, sh- Let's look it up. I'm sure it was a hell of an incident. Let's look it up. This is a movie that... my glasses on after I'm done reading things, but... Nobody ever saw. And... The Oxbow incident from 1942. No, obviously. Okay. <laughs> awesome. A posse captures three men suspected of killing a local farmer. They become strongly divided over whether or not to lynch the men. Apparently they do. Henry Fonda. Hmm. Anthony Quinn. I am done. I mean, to be fair, the last two movies that we shit on, one had Glenn Ford, the other had Henry Fonda, and those are golden era actors along with like Burt Lancaster and and Kirk Douglas, but um, those might as well be like dead presidents at this point. Nobody. It's too old. They're like the founding fathers um, of of these genres. mm -hmm. Well, and they they do the weird... um, Overacting? They do the the very... Well, that and like the American accent at the time is... I, I don't know, very weird, you know? I find that if I um, want to take the way people talk, I don't know. a good afternoon nap, either baseball on television or an old Western. And I don't mean like a Clint Eastwood one. I mean one that's on like the Inspiration like the Channel. Or something? That no, 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 nobody you've ever fucking heard of in your life. Like some terrible one that's just on oh. free television. Mm-hmm. And I'll watch it or on Tubi or something like that. It'll knock me out faster about, yeah. than... It puts me out like a sleeping pill. It's so dully shot. It's all basic daylight exposure on pre-existing sets. Um, well, if you can get a black and white one, you're even better. I'm sure some of those were shot at the Spawn Ranch, too. You know, the infamous uh, Manson hangout when it was actually being used in the Bonanza days. Could have been. Anyways, let's move on and talk about some films. Let's talk about uh, the number one film in the country, both on streaming services and in the box office because oh, what's that this is Tenet? uh well no this is wonder woman 84 which mm. uh had a very muted box office run so far and um they already greenlighted a third one so what are you talking about i know based on what the viewership on hbo max i mean which had to be staggering right well, first of all let me based on that let's start with this did, this did is you the have, only thing they have moving forward did you have any <laughs> problems 
uh, accessing this. I know there was a lot of glitches. No, I did not. I had a minor HBO glitch. HBO in general has, dude. How many? But of all the streaming services, first of all, I, I rate HBO number one at content. Absolutely. Um, and uh, like the last place for streaming quality. I have had more problems with their service than any of the other ones. Yeah, I, I as well. Uh, when I tried to stream this, it said not available. Um, content not available and then we restarted the app we I streamed it to an apple tv we restarted that and it, it went fine uh however when i'm using my google chromecast in a different room and i'm throwing it from an ipad to the chromecast it it often on hbo max fucks up for some reason either the volume the subtitles like something will sometimes you watch a movie and a subtitle will just pop up but i forgive mm-hmm. it because its content is so vast i mean every month they add such amazing quality to it another old stuff new stuff right. their, their new television stuff's great the dc stuff's really mm-hmm. good um they have great animated stuff um I, I mean really they have stuff for adults it's like disney plus for adults because when we first got disney plus i thought oh wow this is really cool when you go through old things you're like yeah this is neat and they do have a lot of marvel uh, animated things that i'm still interested in watching but uh but by the time you switch over to HBO, you realize th- this is the adult stuff. This is the stuff I'm more interested in. 100%. I would agree with you. In fact, I just saw that they added uh, two things. When you talk about the DC stuff, they just added Batman the Animated Series, which I thought was lacking from being on there because that's a major mm-hmm. draw for me, much like X-Men the series is over on Disney+. Plus. And secondly, action films and just really dramas and comedies from the golden era. And of that, I mean the 90s, like Under Siege is on there now. <laughs> I mean, they, uh, the Scorpion King. There's some things I really want to go back and, and look at. And I'm glad that they're on there cleaned up. I do want to complain, though, that they take the Matrix on and off that service way too often. It feels like that should well, be something going to. that should be a mainstay on HBO. You should watch. All you have to do is look at what's coming. What, what movies are, are going to be released upcoming pretty soon and and those old ones will be pulled it's true and we know why because they want you to buy them they want you to pay for them in order to watch them i have a feeling they'll release all three of those again around the time the matrix 4 comes on their streaming service uh next winter i don't know if they will they've not that's not been the way that they've been doing things i think they released wonder woman this year will be different to get the but that was you know this was a strange year obviously it goes without saying. Let's talk about the movie now. I mean, they've now. been pulling old stuff, but yeah. I thought this movie uh, started very strongly. I was into it the first act. With the Ninja Warrior stuff again? I kind of... thought that was good. I just thought... The first act? This is the thing. The the, the Amazon Planet opening, I didn't mind. Then it went it's into... It's tacked on. It's fine, but it's tacked on. A series of her do-gooding, which I thought was reminiscent of Superman 2, and it had this kind of it was really fun good. tone a, to it. I, Good mood setter. Yes, and I. But then, as the movie went on, I just kept thinking, I, the, a fatal error for me in this movie that really disassociated me with a lot that was going on in it is the fact that her boyfriend comes back and is in somebody else's body the whole time. That he's not Which is himself. Unnecessary. Not only is it <laughs> why is it even part of the. the well, I, I think it's part because it's just part of. Um, I don't know why is is there some sort of a a body swap thing that that you would do that you would work into the 80s as some sort of thing i know definitely in the 90s i kind of think of body swap stuff but i guess in the, in the 80s they did it um yeah, quite a bit as well it was a trope in That's the, the 80s. only reason i can think of why they would do it but it just took me but out it's of a the terrible story. idea it, it has nothing to do with anything it's a terrible idea what happens to that poor guy at the end of the movie i mean oh I'm, oh hold on now that you brought that why up why do you have to do that trevor let me tell you something when she make when she hits <laughs> on this guy okay you're gonna tell me that this is she comes up to this guy hits on him by basically saying nice outfit you think so yeah it's really nice outfit oh my friends then you know always give me a hard time about it no it looks great hey happy holidays walks off he doesn't this beautiful woman is hitting on you and you walk off after she gives you a compliment that was the most unbelievable thing of the whole fucking movie that was like science fiction to me i could buy (laughs) all the other shit going on but him leaving her alone because you know in that movie uh, not to go off on a tangent here but every male was presented as either somebody that wanted to do you harm or take over the world. There was not a positive male figure outside of her boyfriend in that movie. I could not think of one. Maybe the child of the bad guy? Mm-hmm. Who who didn't have an agenda to hurt somebody or view somebody as a total sex object? It was even happening to her in the very first scene. It started happening to the cheetah character. And how flat was the cheetah character? What a non-starter that was as a villain. Which is another problem. Who is the villains aren't bad enough in this movie? They're just misguided and manipulated people. 
I didn't see anyone that was truly villainous in this at all. I, I thought it was a weak villain, weak love story, um, and overly long, which I complain about over and over. But God, does this not just fucking go on and on? It is too long. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's no theme in this movie, and, and the theme that they try to put in here is bad. I didn't get to the whole, uh, believe me, I didn't even get to the whole stuff about, you know, whatever sexual nonsense things. I don't know. I didn't notice any of that because the rest of it's, um, it's just so terrible. Um, that includes her losing her powers, um, which is just shown horribly and, and done horribly. Everything that th- this movie does is magic, and so it makes no sense. And it doesn't have to because it's magic. And it uses that as a cover to pretty much do everything. And it's terrible. It's and a the, big step down. The, uh, um, well, I, I mean, uh, the the opening uh, Ninja Warrior shit is just so she can learn the lesson, right? So they can introduce you to the theme of the movie and then not really do anything with it until the end. They give her some terrible um, speech to give, Horrible which doesn't even speech. really – it doesn't – it's not pertinent to what is happening <laughs> sorry, in the movie. Don't cheat. Don't take shortcuts. That's your theme. No, it's with this. this is, there's so many great themes that could have been come out of this. Um, that's the fucking it's moment not you're trying to go to for? what is happening in the story. Ugh. It's speaking to society right now. I feel no like. shit. But here's the other thing. This world. I don't know how you there's no reset at the end of this, by the way, people because uh, people do not un- unwish their wish. And so. Um, it's all kind of still fucked up at the end, but does does he, does the the lead bad guy f- unwishing his wish? Does that unwish everyone else's wish? I don't understand the rules to this at all. I gave up at I that point. I don't get it. I was just happy all. it was ending. Do you know what this movie I has mean, a problem too, with that too? Degree because it really didn't even do anything for it. I, I she sucks. I, I, She's not in it enough. I just, yeah she as Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman yeah well that thank you too that which is why I thought they added all that beginning stuff on because they knew that whenever I see a big film that has an extended do, group of action sequences I know that there's going to be a long stretch where that character is not going to be in the there, character. Why are there like what's the deal with the action sequences in this? There's like hardly any of them. There's hardly any action in this. That's movie. what I'm saying. And both of the openings there's two openings both of them feel tacked on and both of them, I, but both I, of them work away. better than most of what else follows this movie is my oh, problem they work with totally that. better yeah um the big action climax in this movie if you think about it um midway through is her is not much. flying is her flying ability is like the big sequence so there that, that's not even a sequence and you pointed out something very terrible. astute about the score why don't you cue people did you in? notice that at all? i wouldn't have unless you brought it up it sounds very much like um i, I think that's uh, adagio and d minor i think is, is the name of the track on sunshine and it, it it sounds when she is flying in the air the chords and and the progression of the chords and just the way that that whole track is kind of laid out sounds so much like that yeah. i i damn near thought it was it but it's not but it really just feels like zimmer lifted it from uh, uh i cannot remember the composer of sunshine at this i don't think it's horner um, either uh, yeah. it's not horner i it's can't a remember great it soundtrack is. regardless um I'm looking it up. It's a great. That's a great <laughs> score. I mean, that that has been used in trailers. Uh, John Murphy. There you go. Um, and Underworld as well. But I believe that's a John Murphy track. Um, um, but yeah. So, but it does sound like that, right? I'm not. I'm not the only one. I wasn't crazy when I heard that. No, I I, I keyed it on that after. I mean, you brought it up, and then I started listening. I said, "Oh shit, that is eerily similar. That's like almost lawsuit similar. Um, it could be because of the sound effects too, so you can't hear the different subtleties. But it's very." inspired we shall say by that but that sequence doesn't fly excuse the pun the whole thing doesn't gel um it the things that are goofy in it like you said are covered by the magic the the invisible ship i just kept thinking about the family guy gags um there's a lot of goofy shit in this movie and she needs a counterbalance every in this every and there isn't one every single storyline in this is problematic i mean every single one like we could sit here i could talk for hours just about her and uh, um, the her boyfriend, you know, God, I can't remember his name. Uh, Reeves. Uh, um, Is it Steve Reeves? Yes, thank you. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I could talk about um, her and Steve forever in this, just how terrible it is. And they try to make it 
mirror the the first movie, which is the worst thing you can do. I mean, the end of this is just her looking at him going, ah, fuck you. See ya. (laughs) And she turns to leave. There's no fucking ending to it. And the ending is a joke, right? Where he's like, I'll still whatever says that whatever bullshit thing. It's just to her, and she fly, walks off, and that's her taking not taking the shortcut. <laughs> okay, it's a big step down from the first movie. It's a, it, and this isn't just you and I saying this. This has been universally kind of panned at this point. It's fallen under the fresh score at Rotten Tomatoes, even or is getting very close to. But the ending sequence in this movie, the audience score is not good. It's not because people. I mean, I once again, I watch a movie at home, and I haven't watched Soul yet, but I know people are telling me it's great. But I watch a movie at mm-hmm. home that was supposed to be released on the big screen that I presumably probably would have gone and seen not only myself, but my girl and possibly somebody else. Well, you And I'm glad I didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I saved the time, saved the money, Me saved too, the fucking right? energy. Oh, my God. I was going to watch this twice. That was my plan. I'm like, fuck that now. I'm never watching this shit again. But yeah. Yeah. As the movie plays, the first two openings play, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I, I should have saw this. I, this needs to be in a theater. I should have watched it in the theater. Like, the first act ends, and you're like, I don't know. And then it starts the second act. It's just like, fuck this movie. I am so glad that this shit did not. That I'm glad theaters are closed. I mean, we watched this Christmas Day like many of you did, millions of you did out there. And the the warmth of the, the, being inside and the food, it was hard not to fall asleep at parts of this movie. I was That's how bored I was with this thing. And I, I was really looking forward to watching this. And uh, my girl, she's a big, uh, yeah. you know, Wonder Woman fan. Absolutely. This was kind of like her Rocky. And even she said this was a huge crushing disappointment. So Big letdown. I mean, they have such a, um, a great character. And she's, and uh, I mean, Gal Gadot's casted so well. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like such a waste, you know. It's a lost. I don't even, I don't even know where you go from here. This is like a, uh, this is like a side movie. This is like, a, you know, we we only got the rights to the shitty Wonder Woman comic book, and we had to make that into a movie. You know, I, I don't. Well, this I is don't a- know. This, this reminds me of of the last Jack Reaper. You know, where where Tom Cruise is like, oh, we just went over and we picked the book off the shelf and we decided this will be the next Jack Reacher we make. I don't know who <laughs> is, is that. What they did with this? They just pick a random shit. <laughs> Whoever cut the trailer to that, you know, uh, how does it feel? You know, with the is it uh, you know to treat me like you do song back uh-huh. in in the early part of last I think it was last winter they did they Whoever did that. cut the trailer just used the only that was an amazing trailer <laughs> that that sold more than what this movie could could deliver. Uh-huh. And my last dig at it is that there is a sequence in this movie they were it. The fucking bad guy screams the name of his kid. If I have a pet peeve in movie besides mm-hmm. over length, it's in like horror movies or in movies where people scream the name of a character ad nauseum. And it happens typically in, in like poltergeist, Carolyn, Carolyn, or you know what I mean? Like in these kind of fucking movies mm-hmm. where they're walking around a house. They're calling. It, this, There's a reason for that. In though. this <laughs> fucking movie, he says his kid's name so many times that I started. But he has to. Oh, the I'm telling end. you, he has to. But you can, that, that's a big problem with this movie. That, and that's the reason that they had that kid in there so many times. Uh, just randomly push in there because he's the, the thing that makes him change his mind at the end of the movie. Oh, right? yeah. Which is ridiculous because I don't believe for a minute that that guy changes his mind at the end of this movie. He's the most interesting character in the whole movie. And I just don't believe that she is able to convince the world to change their minds. I mean, you know, 25% best. She tried to I sing Imagine and got shit on by the population. In real life, yeah. <laughs> so I would um, agree with yeah, you I don't. That. I just dislike this movie altogether. I think it's a very... It's, it's a missed opportunity. It does not feel realistic, um, even in a, in a fake universe that it exists in. It doesn't feel real. And I thought that Kristen Wiig was not particularly memorable at all in this not interesting at all yeah, yeah. and I, you know what this movie has a lot of uh odd similarities to batman forever did you catch that at all with the edward nigma character in the kind of spurned yeah. by bruce wayne and i'm gonna mm-hmm. do this and i'm gonna use the airwaves to kind of get into people's minds oh, i kept yeah, this, seeing a lot very, of batman forever in this i mean i agree it's a very character uh, driven thing where it's just these couple of characters they're all that matters the rest of the world's at their mercy which i feel like is such a ridiculous thing to do um and certain movies do this well i think the 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 nolan batman movies did this well by by containing everything to gotham city this is worldwide and these people just do whatever the fuck they want i mean if, if this really actually happened 
I, it's too much. Yeah, we're a Batman and Superman. It's ridiculous. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, this is just too much. This is fucking Batman forever. You got the Riddler and Two-Face, and you got Cheetah and this guy, and they're basically the same, going after the same. It's, it's to me, it's very similar. I don't know. I just, too many bad guys, maybe? I just dislike this movie. I just thought it was a weak missed opportunity. Interesting bad no guys. Reason, yeah, they should have given her an actual bad guy to fight against. No reason to set this in the 80s um, as well. I mean, let's... Be honest there. It's fun. I mean, I, maybe I mean that was the other th- tease of this that happened when it showed me the mall, and I'm like, God damn, I want to go to a Walden Books now. Fucking right. Now, how dare you show me that shit? That's just wrong. Check out KB Toys after that. Yeah, for real. Oh no, shit. <laughs> you kidding me? I got man, I got all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the uh-huh. Toys. Time. Shit. I mean, come on, Sam Goody Records next. <laughs> oh shit! I fucking stop in every single one. Suncoast Motion I Picture want, Company want, store. Oh, are you kidding me? I know that's what I'm saying, man. When they show that shit and you see Walden's, I'm just like, God damn, I want to go to the mall. I'll be at Miller's Outpost if you need me. I want to go to the mall in the '90s <laughs> or the '80s. I don't want to go to the mall right now. Fuck! I bought more jeans at Miller's Outpost and then and then a gold miner. Yeah, so I don't mind it taking place in the 80s, but I think that they should have done something with that. They really did not use it at all, story-wise. No, they used it in the trailer very well for the music, and that was it. And how old is she? Who cares? Keep casting her in this fucking uh, that thing. Was, <laughs> <laughs> but she's got to be like a million years old. I, 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 she's aging very well. What is going on here? Well, she only has one dude that she's in love with. She doesn't move on. She doesn't do anything else. Well, I thought her and Superman had a thing Come at on, some point. Diana, her and Batman. Yeah, exactly. Get something going on with your life there. Yeah, Missy. You're an immortal... Why, well, you're a goddess, really. I mean, you can listen. Yeah, well, I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> Let's do something else. All Steve right. can be gone. Let's stop shitting on Wonder Woman. I think the world can get <laughs> okay. out there and, uh, okay. and figure it out for themselves. Let's talk about another right. movie, One Night oh. in Bangkok, a film starring Mark oh. Dacascus. It's premiered on HBO it's Max, HBO. which is quite surprising because this kind of... If you can say the director's name, I'll give you a million dollars. Well, I'll tell you what he used to go by. Do you know who this director <laughs> is? No. Who is it? This is the asshole who used to... His, first of all, his name is like White. W Y C H Kawasawashi. Okay, because he's uh, obviously Crazy. Thai, but he used to go under the name Chaos. Is this ringing any bells yet? Oh, X versus Sever. Are you telling me that that is this director? Light dying, light dawns on you, my friend. Ballistic. <gasps> this is him. This is him. This asshole has never actually Shut put up. together a coherent film as far as I'm concerned. X versus Sever is incoherent wow. but fun. He did Tekken 2, Two Zero Tolerance, which is terrible. He did The Driver, yeah. which is terrible. He did a movie called Zero Tolerance, which is so bad they had to reshoot it with different actors. Gary wow. Daniels and this Scott Atkins. This makes so Atkins much sense why I had Mark Dacascus in this now. So He's worked with him before. What I th- oh, this movie makes so much more sense to me right now. <laughs> right, exactly. So this is the good things um, about this, is that it's a great role for Dacascus, this movie, right? Wow. And it's got some... G- I actually thought he was really good in this. I thought he was great in it. However, he's um, surrounded by some terrible fucking acting in this movie, in some of the minor roles. Yes, it is It is amateurish here at, at times, and even directorial-wise and, and shot-wise and stuff. Yes. Um, it is, and it looks amateurish. Um but I think he brings it all together. In general, I like this movie uh, mainly because um, it, it kind of didn't play out like normally how these movies will play out, right? It kind of – he was a guy who uh, took no fucks. You know, he didn't care. He was going to do what he was going to do. Um, had Still had somewhat of a code to live by, but, but meant, meant what he was out to do, which was to avenge the death of his daughter, you know? So I'm on the fence on this movie. I, I want to like it because I do like mm-hmm. the commitment that Dacascus brings to it. I liked some of the little bits, especially the hand washing when he finally finds the towel at the end. I did kind of like that. And The I, cop is annoying. Uh, the cop has the a strange... Guy? I mean, What is wrong with that guy? That guy's dubbed, right? He, who dubbed him? Chris Klein? Tell me that... Tell me, tell me, but, but tell me he's dubbed. He has right? to yes. be. He, he talks like he's out of Asian Chris Klein. He has hair like Chris Klein. I, I, Whoever yeah, dubbed him I, lives in uh, Santa Monica because he sounds like he's on the fucking beach. He has beach. to be dubbed, it's, though, it right? It has to be. There's it was no way. shit. It's so bad. Uh, it reminded me of Chris Klein trying to act tough in Street Fighter, that remake they did in around 2009, yeah. that Chung Lee one. 
But um, what I did like about this movie, though, was that it did have some of that nice cinematography, that that Thai cinematography. And I thought that mm-hmm. it shot the city in a cleaner, more exotic-looking way than something like Bangkok Dangerous, which has that grimy, kind of greasy feel to it. This was a little bit more cleaner and stark. But who has the balls to watch Collateral and say, I think I can do this movie better? Because mm-hmm. that's basically what you're dealing with here yeah, in a lot of ways. That's what I was just going to say. This movie is basically about a guy. It's, it is Collateral. It's about a guy who shows up in um, uh, they're in Thailand, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember correctly. But he shows up, orders an, an Uber, whatever the equivalent of Uber is in Thailand, and has this person, uh, this girl who's playing the Jamie Foxx character in Collateral, drive him around as he kills people offs people for uh, uh, the death of his daughter, right? There's something um, rich people or whatever wound up um, running over his daughter, basically. You know, I won't ruin the movie, so I won't tell you too much. Yeah, but, he pays this girl X amount of dollars um, to take him to a certain amount of stops where exactly. he's committing these crimes. He doesn't tell her right away, but she does learn eventually. It's just like collateral. Yeah. It's the same basic idea. Yeah, but I thought for such a cheap uh, movie, and Dacascus uh, really does give a great performance Committed. in it. Um, I, I thought it was worth it. I thought it was good, um, even for all of its faults. Yeah, like I said, I'm right on the edge of wanting it to to recommend it, but I just can't quite recommend it because it's too talky. There's needs to be a little if bit you more like action, action in this. Uh, I, I I kind of agree with that. I think if you like action movies, give it a go. You can always turn it off. You know, really, it's there's no no gain, no loss if you watch this or not. So uh, then there's not a lot of new content to watch. And so That's I, w- true. I would say give this a shot. I did it's think worth that a, the, it's worth a shot. The final uh, showdown with uh, it was Dacascus and, and Kane Kasugi, who's the son of Sho Kasugi, mm-hmm. who was the ninja go-to guy in the canon films of the 80s, you know, Black Eagle, uh, uh-huh. uh, Revenge of the Ninja, and things like that. And even this guy, when he was a kid, him and his brother were in Revenge of the Ninja. So I, I like this guy's screen mm-hmm. presence. Kind of reminds me of like an Ernie Reyes. Um, but uh, I guess mm-hmm. much younger Ernie Reyes. But that, uh, barring that, I just thought this movie took too long to get to where it was going. An hour and forty-five I minutes. Agree. I mean, I, here I am bitching again about too long, but shortened but to would, the point. This could have had a ten to to, to fifteen minutes cut out of it. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But I, you can't do anything about that. Just be glad it's not two hours. Yeah, that's true. And I am glad to see Dacascus again because I've been a big Mark Dacascus fan since I was mm-hmm. a kid. And um, huge. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, if Dukoskis. you don't follow him on Instagram. Do yourself a favor and follow him on Instagram. He is just a ray of sunshine, positive energy, and just um, just still kicking ass at his age. You know, he obviously looks a lot different than he did in his Only the Strong days. Uh, in fact, I just watched Kickboxer 5 after I watched this as well, which is available on Prime right now. And uh, what a stud he was back in his uh, his day. Um, he, I mean, you we talk about Crying Freeman, uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf. Forget just, about Gal Gadot. Okay. <laughs> 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 you're right. You're right. You know what I mean? It's a latent homosexuality. Just uh, erase that image and replace with uh, a copy paste. A lean Dacascus. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I always like Drive and stuff. Drive so. kicks ass. I, I mean, still go back and watch Drive. Um, mm-hmm. All right, let's move on and talk about Ava. The what seems like the umpteenth female assassin film that has come out this <laughs> right? one i mean really did, did you ever see peppermint i did and i saw a vigilante you did saw and i saw a hey, vigilante um I, I did you see that one too i mean so right so you know what we're talking about here this, basically i'm just trying to get I'm i saw to anna this, up, or anna this is yet year. another one yeah so this is yet another one and you're right it is yet another one the best is la femme um, nikita in point of no return out of all of these i'm sorry it's still uh, the best well i won't i'll say la femme nikita i won't include the, the point of no return in the best <laughs> category uh, okay but it does exist and it is one of these <laughs> it does exist it's one of these it's <laughs> true so, so it could be in the category but i won't put it as the best this has a, a fairly low score um all around people tended not to like this i absolutely love this i movie. thought it was okay I, I thought when I was watching this, I thought this is uh, this is got to be the best pilot episode of a TV show I've seen in a while. Oh yeah, I this is Alias more. all over again here. Right? I, oh my god, but it's better than Alias. Um, yeah, I just love that. I love uh, Malkovich is her handler yes. in this, and he's excellent in this. I will not. But you know what's strange about life, that? Will I fuck with John Malkovich? Malkovich, ever. I think he's played the same role in Mile Twenty Two and didn't score in that. In this, it comes across better. Is that better direction? What is that? Better acting? Yeah, I think it's better writing, better direction. The, the, this story is a complete world, and um, 
it fits together. It holds itself together. I'm watching uh, a lot of people like uh, Killing Eve, which is a BBC show. Basically, same thing as this. Um, and that show it creates the universe, holds itself together very well, and is intriguing. Um, and so I think the same thing you get here. You get characters who um, and loyalties and things that play against each other. This is basically a spy movie. You know, these people are hitmen. They go around killing people at random for whoever says, um, you know, kill someone. And then you, uh, eventually... Right, someone grows some sort of a conscience, or is curious and tries to figure out like what the hell is going on. Who's pulling? Who's who's the order doing the orders? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? And you know, yeah, basically you start asking questions you shouldn't be asking, you know, and shit shit goes goes uh, south. And that's basically what this kind of is what this movie is. That's what all these wind up being. But this one has an Oscar winner, Um, Oscar nominee. Colin Farrell's really good in this. Um, Colin Farrell, uh, let's talk about that uh, for a second. Common is okay in this. I don't think, I think Common kind of got the shittiest character. Colin Farrell has had the string now of characters, of small character roles that are just fucking good this the he's gentleman so this. i mean he's appeared yes, in a lot of things lately and he's going to be the penguin in the new batman movie when he stopped being a leading man and a pretty boy and could just be a, a shit character or like a dick or whatever he got so much more interesting even in uh horrible bosses i always forget he's in that you know what i mean yes i agree there's a standoff there's this movie goes to a standoff between uh, colin farrell and uh and the John Malkovich character at one point with Colin Farrell's character's daughter is involved it's in good. it. It's good. That's a great um, scene. Oh, my God. Yes, because they, it has other characters uh, that come in w- w- that are Colin Farrell's family um, that, that the John Malkovich character is like the godfather of. And so they t- they're, they're in this fucking standoff, but they don't want other people to know. As people leave, then they just whole fight. It's fucking It plays fantastic. on multiple yes. layers in that sequence, and, and they both do a great violent. job. It, it's, it's, and I haven't even... I haven't even gotten to Jessica Chastain, who I think is a fantastic actress. She's one of the best out there. Um, pretty much everything I've seen her in, I just absolutely, she makes me fall in love with her. She's so damn good. Um, and this is the same, same thing here. I think she's fantastic in this. And she's not someone that I would initially think, oh, you should be in an action movie. I think she's great. I'm kind of surprised she even took on the role, uh, particularly because I don't think on paper there's anything... That's special here. But the second this movie there's starts, nothing. Yeah. there's a score beat. And it takes me in immediately. The score to this movie does a lot for it. It sent me a set of a mood. It set a very familiar mood that I, mm-hmm. I took. And I prefer this over the glut of these movies that I've seen recently, including Atomic but Blonde. Um, but the only, the, yeah. my only mark against Chastain she looked mm-hmm. a little stiff in some of these fight scenes, but her acting she did. in the regular parts, particularly with Malkovich as the father-daughter mm-hmm. kind of, you know, don't ask questions, but I'm, you know, I'm here for you and I help you more. I, I thought that was a very intriguing relationship. So I, on the acting side, it made up for it more than like a, like a vigilante. Yeah, it was she's hard really to, good. Hard to take a, what was her did face? Did you ever see Molly's Game? I never saw that. I want it's one of those movies I always want to watch. Yeah, do it. Watch. Yeah, it. I know it's, it's really Zorkin good. In it. it's, a, it's a solid flick. I yeah. will watch that. I gotta put, I remember to watch that damn thing. It's like one of those like movies that comes on. I go. I've been wanting to watch this, and then I want to really commit to watching it, and so I don't watch it because I'm watching things half-assed now. Yeah. Like during the course of <laughs> yeah, no, I five it. things. No, I thought this was um, surprisingly effectively good. Miles above peppermint, which I thought was was a bit of a letdown. Um, in all honesty. And, and I think that uh, Jennifer Garner, of course, looks more the part of someone that would kick your ass than Jessica Chastain. That's what I mean. But, Less stiff in the um, fight scenes, a little bit more masculine yeah, build. Well, she's definitely been around it a lot more. Um, so it's, it's par for the course for her. But I, mean, I agree with you. It does. The, the Chastain fight sequences in this do tend to look like they're orchestrated. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is the best way I would put it. But they're still fine. They're still believable to a degree. You know a it's movie fine. I saw the other day that had kick-ass fight scenes but it is a dog shit movie was Haywire. The Gina Carano movie with uh, uh, yeah, Steven Soderbergh. Um, well, that's one of the only reasons I like that movie is that she is those fight sequences she is so believable. I watched the fight sequence I watched two so of them again. I flipped back and forth between something. One was when mm-hmm. she kicked the shit out of Channing Tatum in the restaurant in the beginning mm-hmm. which was a violent fucking yeah. fight scene. And the second one was the Michael Fassbender fight scene in the hotel room where she kicks him through the fucking glass. My God, those are violent fight scenes. That movie, if you like, you know, raw, real fight sequences, go back and watch that movie. Yeah, it's good. The technique is impeccable in that shit. It's like some John Wick type stuff. But I'll tell you right now, Ava 
is my favorite movie of all the movies we're going to talk about on tonight's show. Um, I, I really, it, I, I really like. Trying it. to look at all the movies and think, but yeah, I think I agree. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I really liked it. I would watch more. I wish they did. This was a, you know, this is a, kind of a Jack Reacher character to me. Like I could watch uh, more of these. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that Tate Taylor, who is best known for doing the Help, uh, also with Jessica Chastain, uh, did did this. Yeah, directed this and yeah. has an eye for it. Really, it does a nice job. Yeah. Really well. Well directed, well done, even though everyone else, no one else agrees, but. <laughs> What's going on with The Midnight Sky? This is the George Clooney directed film that he also stars in. Netflix dropped uh-huh. it recently. He's getting a lot of press. Would this have been in theaters? I can't recall if this was going to be a theatrical release and then Netflix picked it up. Or was this always going to Netflix? Do you know? Um, I don't know. I don't. Uh, you mean did they fund this? Did they pick know. it up in the pandemic and just you know release this, or was this? Uh, yeah, was this one of their homegrowns? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I feel like. Well, I can't say for sure, but I, I think that Clooney, I do remember seeing Clooney talk about this. It sounded like they the 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 plan was always for this to be at Netflix. Gotcha. I could be wrong. Doesn't surprise me. But. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. This movie was not that great. I'm hearing fantastic <laughs> Two things. Two hours long. Really? From who? Uh, um, the world? <laughs> it doesn't... Uh, <laughs> Social media chatter? I don't know. I mean, this has about the same score as Ava. It's not a high score. It's mid five. But we like Ava. Out of 10 on IMDb. I know. But my, my point being that... It, I don't know who who you're hearing it from. Well, what's wrong right? with the movie? Is it Clooney? Um, or is it- it's super slow, super boring. Um it uh, hinges on one thing, which I cannot give away because I didn't want to ruin the movie for people that are going to watch it. Okay, but it's a cheap trick, and and yeah, it's just a, it's just not. It's a small movie. You know, it's it's George, the world's ended, right? And it's George Clooney is. Uh, I'm not giving anything away. This is in the trailers, but the they've gone to some. A moon of Jupiter in, in a spaceship, and they're coming back. George Clooney's on the Earth, but some nuclear holocaust has happened and um, he's basically trying to warn the people coming back in the spaceship hey d- you know don't come here might as well go back to the other planet and that is the movie hmm. so if that sounds intriguing to you because there's a lot of shit in between there that happens then I guess you'd love it no I'm good I think <laughs> but Netflix- that is the movie except there's a there's a twist in here that I'm not going to give away um, you might be able to see it coming. I didn't see it coming because they over broadcast in the, in the beginning, which is good. They kind of, they get, they get you good in this with, with the twist, but it's, it's not, it's not a worthwhile twist and it feels, it just feels dumb. I've always liked <laughs> Clooney as a leading man. I've liked the films he's directed even more. Everyone's good in this. I mean, Felicity uh, Jones is in this. Um, David Oyelowo, you know, Yep. Um, he's great. Uh, yeah, everyone's good. I mean, Kyle Chandler's in this. Um, yeah, I mean, it's solid acting, but it's just not. There's nothing. There's nothing here. You know, it's it's, it's a giant uh, wait around and see type thing. And uh, I mean, to be honest, you talk about take a nap. You know, I was off doing other things while George Clooney was walking through the snow. <laughs> it's it's not very exciting. It really isn't because the second act is. You know, I have to get from A to B. That's this is the storyline. When I when I started A, figure everything out, but I have to get a B. Okay, well, for an hour, there's just random shit must happen between me getting from A to B that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, it sounds like a novel. In in order to make a movie, yeah. Uh, well, this is a book. Oh well, there you go. So there you go. Yeah. But yeah, it's just uh, not. It's not that interesting of a movie. I like something that. Um, if you're gonna do that, at least make it you know visually appealing or something cool. You know, cool shit's happening, um, or make it have some. The, the whole movie should have something to do with the story, with the movie. You know. Well, it sounded like they, the, Netflix wanted like a bird box type phenomenon to release a Christmas. And that's what it feels like. That's exactly what it kind of feels like. Yeah. A bir- very bird boxy type movie. They probably wanted to counterbalance all that hype that. Uh you know, that Wonder Woman was getting on HBO Max and that they were going to have to have a counterbalance released by a big star. And Clooney is a, you know, or he was a big star. I don't know if he's still considered a big star. I don't feel like he is anymore, right? He's not been um, in the limelight for a while. Well, even in the movies that he was in, outside of the Ocean's Eleven movie in that franchise, what movies was he in that really made money? I can't, yeah. I mean, The Perfect Storm? 
that broke them into like get to get the oceans movies but you go with that in the ocean films i can't think of any other movies he was in that did big box office on his name alone you know i it's solaris which i deeply love uh was a flop but um, yeah that didn't make it i mean i mean up in the air i guess i would say okay up in the air did okay but i mean enjoyed of him out of sight which i also deeply um, love was a flop um, sure, you know, yeah, you have like Ides of March, Michael Clayton in that era, which wasn't which they, those did those did fine, but they didn't do anything they special. Weren't, yeah, they weren't. Hit. I can't think of anything lately that Hail Caesar movie did not do. I mean, like even in his heyday, anything for the him. Tomorrowland was a failure. Wasn't yeah, huge. He's, uh, I don't know. I mean, there was never he never had the signature films outside of the Ocean's movies. Did he have Monuments Man? Oh, Gravity, but that wasn't really a Gravity was him. It wasn't him. It wasn't yeah sold on him, but. Yeah. Um, see, you, you look at Leatherheads, yeah, so wasn't a huge yeah, hit. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah right. I always wondered I how agree. he got so, like, got this movie star uh, aura when he only really had a couple hits in most of his films. Ocean didn't yeah. make back that money. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Syriana is fucking good, though. And you know what? I'm going to say it right now. He's a good fucking Batman. He's got the jaw. He looked great in that uh, suit. He's not right, Batman. He looked great in that suit, and he was a great you know, those Bruce movies Wayne. Are silly. That's that's the biggest problem with those movies. This is it here. I'm gonna give you an unpopular opinion because I know the motherfucker would I mean, never Val do Kilmer's it. Val Kilmer's also a perfectly fine Batman, but get Clooney to come back for The Dark Knight Returns the as Knight. the old Batman. That would be awesome. He would play. He would be a great old Batman. Yes, by that's the what way, saying he would be sick as an old Batman. Clean him up. Get him in yeah, there. Yeah, for real. Because he would act the shit out of that. Hell yes. The pain. And, uh, he would give it in. Yeah, and he'd grow the beard. Like in this movie, he has a, he has a fucking big old mm-hmm. gray beard and shit. He'd be like, oh, yeah. You put him like, on. That could, have, that could have been old Batman. You put him on that testosterone mm-hmm. for about six months. You get him about uh, yeah. 40 pounds uh, of lean muscle. He doesn't need to be that big because he's, because he's, no, nah, he doesn't need to be big because he's old. He's retired. Well, that's right. That's right. So he actually has the build to that looks like, like I'm saying, like he looks like he could have been someone back in the day who worked out <laughs> my last request is this i want pierce brosnan back for one more james bond film and Clooney back for one more batman film oh god no kidding <laughs> uh, uh, yeah an actual handoff to some <laughs> i mean sean connery came back for never say never again let brosnan back for one last one uh, let's move on and talk about like a boss this is a film you probably didn't even know existed because i actually forgot it existed and so did trevor when i brought it up to him pre-show but you saw it. This is Tiffany Haddish in Rose Byrne along with Selma Hayek in a workplace comedy that premiered last uh, January. Yeah, last January. It quickly mm. disappeared from theaters before the pandemic and is now playing on Amazon Prime. This is a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. It's a rated R comedy and it's raunchier than I, I thought it was going to be. And I've seen a couple of Tiffany Haddish movies. She's funny and uh, her raunchiness level reminds me of almost like an Eddie Murphy to where you see her in a movie and you know she's coming foul mouth talking about getting her pussy licked and you know all, all sorts of shit and foul as fuck but funny <laughs> she's very funny in this movie although the chemistry between her and Byrne it's hard to believe that they have this long lasting friendship I, I didn't really buy that and I don't know what the fuck Selma Hayek's doing in this movie but it's not working successfully, so she's kind of a it's dead weight working. in this. I mean, basically, they, they have this, uh, Byrne and Hadish have this low-level makeup line, and they put together this this one-night stand kit, where it's a, a one-night, in case you're fucking a guy, I guess you have your makeup there for the next morning. And it's not particularly clever, but mm. this, like, billionaire uh mogul wants to buy their company and wants to take control of it and they don't want that and she says okay well if you two uh cannot you know can get along the whole time then i won't get control and then she stages it to where they are battling each other it's not particularly clever but it's short and it's got a couple chuckles but talk about a movie that's instantly forgettable i mean i almost forgot i watched this and I don't even know what we're talking about right now. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, it's a lot. That's unfortunate. Haddish is, uh, is actually pretty good. But she still hasn't found the signature role, right? I mean, is it nope, girl's she trip? needs one. I know. She really needs one. What is it? I mean, she was okay in I night school. Good. She was good in uh, Nobody's Fool. She was good That's in a I lot mean. of these. Yeah. But the, but those, but those they were just, uh, the movies just weren't that good. No. 
And she's going to end I think up using up all of really her, likeable, so. all of her kind of juice before she gets the good, the good yeah. film. You know, that's what I don't want her to see happen, which happened to a lot of people. I mean, that happened to Cat Williams. Um, that happened to Tracy Morgan, and that, that happened to a lot of comedians that that came out that they were trying to find roles for, and that they just never could. I mean, what was Dane Cook's signature film? I guess. Good luck, Chuck. Uh, Mr. Brooks. Oh, good luck, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, Mr. Brooks is a great movie. All right. Tell <laughs> me about Recipe for Seduction, because this is the one I really want to talk about on tonight's show. Should I watch this or should I not watch this? Why does this exist? How the fuck? Who the fuck? Who produced this? Kentucky Fried Chicken? Well, yeah, this is Kentucky Fried Chicken. They paid for this. Making making a movie thing for... Uh, uh, for Hallmark. For Lifetime. A ha- Lifetime, thank you. Uh, this is Lifetime, yeah. Um, um, starring Mario Lopez. Um, I don't know, it's a silly, stupid, ridiculous movie. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's also like 15 minutes long. Oh, is that it? So, oh yeah. Oh, I thought this was a feature <laughs> like, link. It's not an issue, so. No, ah. it's, it's really too stupid. Uh, but it does cover all the grounds of what a feature length Lifetime movie <laughs> Would do, in 15 so. minutes? I appreciate the th- uh, thriftiness. Bro, in 15 minutes, it's no joke. does everything. goes through all of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if they could start doing this, on average, I could watch a million Lifetime movies. Uh, but no, it's fun. It pokes fun at Lifetime. pokes fun at um, the idea of Kentucky Fried Chicken, of him having this secret recipe and working at, at these, uh, this very rich person's personal chef type thing um and just the ridiculousness of the existence of this movie at all I, it, it, it's very tongue-in-cheek who the fuck so I, I enjoyed it pitched this movie uh, this is the whole life who pitched this movie know. who decided to write this movie and on top of that does mario lopez have the best or worst agent in hollywood <laughs> i think the, the best for uh, for him you know, was, I, for as far as what he needs to get out there and do, this is about it. I just saw him on the Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. fight. Now he's in this. He's doing Saved by the yeah. Bell. All of a sudden, he's having a moment. Every fucking hotel I, I check know. into, he's doing the TV pay per view. I watch Saved by the Bell reboot. It actually looks good. Ah, oh, my goodness. He does. You know that, right? He does every <laughs> like at the Hilton, not the Hilton, uh, the Marriott. Any Marriott you go to, you right. turn on the TV. He does the in in room programming. I have no idea. No. It's so it's like oh, this month starring in this movie. It's what he is. I gotta start taking the horse to the Marriott. Yeah, exactly. Stop taking him to the Motel Six and upgrade (laughs) to the Marriott. You get points, Uh, and you can get pay per view with Mario Lopez. Um, But that's unfortunate. I thought this was feature length, but I just want to know: Is Mario Lopez? That's unfortunate. No, it's not. Believe me. No, I wanted this to be longer. I I, I don't think. Yeah, but I don't think it would have worked. It it really works at fifteen minutes because it's just it's too ridiculous. Actually, the condensed time frame makes it even funnier because it's all tropes, you know, so it it pulls it out even more uh, as to how ridiculous it is or how ridiculous these Lifetime movies are in general. Uh, So I think it really works. I wonder who Lopez was up against in the casting process. Who do you think their second choice was? Um, Was it Richard Grieco? (laughs) Right? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think the short list. Do they list, have a second chance? I think Choice? the short list included Richard Grieco. Mm-hmm. I think Michael Dudikoff was on there. Michael Dudikoff? <laughs> no, that doesn't even make sense. You know how old he is. He's not on there. He's not on the list. No, I he think doesn't make. It. All right, it doesn't even make sense. I think Antonio Sabato Jr. was on okay, there. That one, I believe. Okay, and I lastly, I'm gonna give you this one. I think Lou Diamond Phillips was briefly considered before somebody Googled how he looks today. You know what? Yeah, but I think only because only only because uh, they were trying to, to to get Mario Lopez to come in at, at under rate. Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they told them huh, Mark Paul Glaser was looking at it and Ricky Schroeder. And exactly. He oh, that'd on. do it right there. They basically said Dustin Diamond is damn near a done deal. <laughs> he said, "Nope, mine." <laughs> like the Mark Paul that, that actually, that's believable that they would still be feuding <laughs> like, for roles. You, you, you want to give it to Zach? <laughs> He's still trying to sabotage uh, his career. Oh god! Oh, I just want to know who, who like Mario Lopez hates, who he blames for like not getting the break. Do you know what I mean? Is there an actor that he's like, this guy didn't fucking pop, but he got all my roles. 
Hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Is it, is it Mark Wahlberg? I don't know. There's not many people. You think he hates Wahlberg? Well, actually, uh, that would be pretty... Oddly, that is a very close match, I think, in my head. If you do that, if you run that through... <laughs> the math kind of makes very, sense. It uh, tracks. It's super oddly. Yeah, like, that's real. That's that's a weird one. I feel that like works. Mario Lepe, Mar- <laughs> I feel like Mario Lopez and Mark Wahlberg work out in the same gym. I feel like they've seen each other at the gym multiple times, and they're not cool. Oh, yeah. There's always that, what's up, like... <laughs> You know, a little exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, like they man. both have their entourages and the crews with them. <laughs> <laughs> Squared up. No, gym. dude. Fucking Mario uh, Lopez has got the extra crew behind him. Extra. <laughs> it's just fucking walking extra, extra. He's like, I gotta leave in five minutes Mark to go Paul to Gosselaire's the Universal popping Walk. Out of the, popping out of the gym showers. I've seen him at the Universal Walk personally. Why is he always there? Go home, Mario Lopez. Mm-hmm. Jesus. He's it's going contractual. to take care of that dimple. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you remember the okay. story when he was engaged to the Doritos chick? Cheated on her at his bachelor party? Who the party? Hell's the Doritos chick? Remember the hot chick that was in the NSYNC commercials and all those Dorito commercials? No, I don't Allie, remember that at all. Allie Latner? Oh, uh, Allie Lardner? Not the blonde girl. Okay. Allie something. <laughs> she ended up... Uh, Ah shit! Okay, Doritos girl. Doritos. She was in the in, she was in the bye 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 video in the early ninety or the mid late nineties. Ali Landry. Landry. There you go. And they were engaged. Oh. You remember this girl? Huh? Yes, I do. She was kind of an it girl for a while. She was married to him. Yeah, wow. and he, he cheated on her at his bachelor party, and then they uh, annulled. It was annulled. It says. Yeah. Really, I didn't know that. Oh well, yeah. So no one's perfect. What are you trying to say? Trying to say you're better? No, I think that Mario Lopez is like <laughs> Mario the male Lopez. version of Eva Longoria. <laughs> well, Ali Landry basically looks like Eva Longoria. That's what I'm talking about. But yeah, you're right. They're about the same level They were of probably talent. in a movie together. They were probably in each other together, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> That's gross. It's, or it's true love. I can't That's decide. too much. Yeah. Is it nepotism? I don't know at this point. That's, it's just I was just going to say, that's like, it that feels incestuous in yeah. some way. <laughs> it's, they didn't know which one to look at. <sighs> that was the recipe for seduction already. Mm-hmm. We didn't even talk about the movie. I just talked about Are you seduced? Mario Lopez's fading career. I mean, do you think that Elizabeth Berkeley is more embarrassed of showgirls or... Is Mario Lopez more embarrassed of some of the movies he's made that nobody has seen? Like, didn't he make one called Out- I don't know. I Outrage? Be- Outrage. I don't know, man. I don't know any Mario Lopez. Oh, Mario movies. Lopez is in like a couple of. Uh, I mean, I got nothing. Wanna be yeah, action he's in some, some stuff, but I don't. I don't remember <laughs> any of it at stuff. this point. <laughs> he's in some shit, but he's I don't in know every fucking fuck hotel is, room man. across the nation. I'm telling you right <laughs> so, now. So you say, I'll bring the horse. <laughs> There's a million TVs playing know. him right now. I'll bring the, the horse. You bring the blow. Mario Lopez will already be there. Are they CRT TVs? Uh, well, you know, a couple of them actually had uh, were smart TVs, and you could uh, could, could throw <laughs> they your weren't phone that smart. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible life to have to explain everybody else's uh, pay per view movie on there. This month, Bill Gibson plays the retired Santa Claus, and he's like, <laughs> just reading. a movie I could have been in. <laughs> exactly. If this son of a bitch hadn't stolen another role from me, thank you. And here's Mark Wahlberg in another movie that he took from me. <laughs> exactly. Oh, fuck. We've had too much fun on tonight's show. We're going to wrap it up and call that an episode for 369. Check out MovieMavericks.com for the latest reviews, past podcasts, uh, all sorts of trailers, movie news, you know, the works. And uh, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever else you might be getting this podcast. Rate, review, like the show. It helps the algorithm pops us back up and uh, more people can enjoy the show and we can keep continuing to do this for you. Look for us every Monday. We're doing Monday now. I think we're doing a Monday drop, Tuesday drop. Who gives a fuck? Just look for the podcast. It's going to be out. You guys are going to fucking love it. Yeah, exactly. Beginning of the weeks. This isn't fucking radio. We haven't decided quite yet. Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday sometimes. The fucking era of tune in to this bat channel at this bat time is fucking gone. This is the internet. You can listen to this shit at 3 o'clock driving to Tahoe or driving to New Jersey if you want. Who gives a shit? 
Enjoy the podcast where you, you get be, it. You could be listening to this 20 years from now. You, I mean, it's a fucking time <laughs> capsule. It really is. In fact, if you want, you can go back and listen to our first podcast 10 years ago. Please don't do it. Uh, where we were talking about the box office chances of Fast Five. And here we are, 10 years in the future. We'll be talking about the box office chances of Fast Nine. Not that long. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, fuck the Fast and Furious saga. That's, that's outlived some people I've known. Do you know that? That fucking saga. It's unbelievable. Oh, God. It's crazy. Think about I it. I mean, that. sure. Yeah, I mean, like like young people. This is insane. Uh, anyways, that's going to do it for today's show. I mean, that's a very strange thought to go out on. But uh, thank you for joining us, guys. you want to say anything? You want to no, no, promote I'm, anything? I'm good. That's it. I'm... All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. That'll do it for tonight. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I am Jason Rugard, and we are the Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to moviemavericks.com, warp 9. Engage! <laughs>